0: Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you Lord for giving us the privilege of life. We will always thank you for it because we know we do not deserve it at all. We thank you Father that you sustained us and you provide for us the basic necessities that sustain us. The food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, the security, the protection, the guidance. Even the tasks which we accomplish, we give glory to you for them lord in heaven we want to reciprocate the blessings you have given to us and we want to do that by living a life that is in harmony with your will and will bring glory to you of our own selves we cannot do it therefore as we fellowship with you now we ask father that your words shall give us life that as we listen we shall be blessed and edified giving the power to become sons and daughters of god grant to us all the gift of your spirit and put your words in my mouth that it may speak blessings to all your children, that all that will be said will be properly understood, that we may be uplifted to learn to exercise faith in our Lord. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage October 17. I am not worthy. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Matthew chapter 8 verse 10. The centurion did not question the Savior's power. He had not seen the Savior, But the reports he heard had inspired him with faith. In the teaching of Christ, as it had been reported to him, he found that which met the need of the soul. All that was spiritual within him responded to the Savior's words. But he felt unworthy to come into the presence of Jesus, and he appealed to the Jewish elders to make requests for the healing of his servant. On the way to the centurion's home, Jesus receives a message from the officer himself. Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Still, the Savior keeps on his way, and the centurion comes in person to complete the message saying, Neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. As thou hast believed, Christ said, So be it done unto thee and his servant was healed in the self-same hour. The Jewish elders had commended the centurion to Christ because of the favor he had shown to our nation. He is worthy, they said, for he had built us a synagogue. But the centurion said of himself, I am not worthy. His heart had been touched by the grace of Christ. He saw his own unworthiness. Yet, he feared not to ask help. He trusted not to his own goodness. His argument was his great need. His faith took hold upon Christ in his true character. He did not believe in him merely as a worker of miracles, but as the friend and savior of mankind. It is thus that every sinner may come to Christ, renouncing all self-dependence, we may look to the cross of Calvary and say, In my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is I Am Not Worthy and it's going to usher us into a deeper lesson on the matter of having faith and how to exercise that faith you see one of the stories above all others that jesus used to teach the lesson so important for this time is the story of the centurion and also the syrophoenician woman the faith expressed by these two are the only times i know of where jesus said and he described their acts as being great faith the matter of faith, just like the matter of the commandments of God, is the most important lesson that we can have. Now, is the most important thing that we are to have as we come nearer and nearer to the end. It is our faith that will be tried. Ephesians six verse sixteen says this: Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Of the wicked. Here Paul says, above all. There are many weapons which we use for our spiritual warfare but above all is that one called faith. We are told in the book of 1 John chapter 5 verse 4, faith is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And that's why Revelation 14 reading from verse 12 speaks of the saints and describes them as those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. A combination of these two things is what we need right now. This is the reason that those who will receive the seal of God and will be spared from the seven last plagues are described thoughts. This faith of Jesus is what we must understand because without it we cannot keep the commandments of God. And God has told us that only those who keep the commandments of God will have eternal life. Make no mistake on that one. The keeping of the commandments is the evidence of faith. It is the evidence, like we have said in previous devotions when we were looking at Nicodemus, it is the evidence that shows that you believe in Jesus. But only through faith can you believe. Only through faith can you have that power to become the son of God. And this is the reason in the book, Review and Herald, October 18, 1898, paragraph 7, we are told, the scripture declares, without faith, it is impossible to please God. The knowledge of what the scripture means when urging upon us, the necessity of cultivating faith is more essential than any other knowledge that can be acquired. We suffer much trouble and grief because of our unbelief and our ignorance of how to exercise faith. We must break through the clouds of unbelief. We cannot have a healthy Christian experience. We cannot obey the gospel unto salvation until the science of faith is better understood and until more faith is exercised. There can be no perfection of character without that faith that works by love and purifies the soul. I take that again, the last line. There can be no perfection of Christian character without that faith that works by love and purifies the soul. Do you see how important faith is? The whole aim of our lives today is to have the image of God restored in us, which is simply put as perfection of character. If that is the whole aim of my life, I am living this life to have the image of God restored back to me, the way it was in the beginning. And now, I am hearing that it is only through faith that this can happen. Then, does that not show you and me that our lives should be engrossed in understanding what faith means and how to exercise it to the fullest? Certainly, that's what we should understand. That is why we are told that the knowledge of what the scripture means when urging upon us, the necessity of of cultivating faith is more essential than any other knowledge. Why is it so? Because it's the only knowledge that can do what life's purpose is. It's the only knowledge that can help me and you to achieve our goal in life. And our mind is to be focused on this knowledge how can i exercise faith so today we'll be looking at the first instance of what jesus called great faith as seen in the encounter between him and the centurion who is the way jesus who is the way the truth and the life so this centurion meets the truth and let's see how it goes in the book of matthew 8 reading from verse 5 it says and when jesus was entered into capernaum there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now when we read it from the book of Luke, we will find other information here. He actually sent someone first to talk to Jesus. But Jesus kept on going to the centurion's house, when the man saw that Jesus was still coming to his house, he had to come by himself to say, "Oh, please don't come. The reason I sent my servant before is that I didn't see myself as worthy to come and talk to you. But since you were still coming, I have to come now. Please don't come to my house. Just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now in verse 8 it says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed and he goes on to say why he believes that the word spoken will do the work in verse 9 he says for i am a man under authority having soldiers under me and i say to this man go and he goeth and to another come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it Then jesus heard it he marveled and said to them that followed him verily i say unto you i have not found so great faith no not in israel and i say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed the selfsame hour. Amen. So, what was it that Jesus called great faith? There was something the centurion did, firstly, the fact that the man did not trust to his good works, and secondly, the fact that the man believed that the spoken word of Jesus alone was powerful enough to heal his dying servant. Let us look at the first element of great faith as seen in the encounter of the centurion with Jesus. The first element of great faith we learn from here is the fact that we are not to make the mistake of pleading our good works as a reason for our prayers to be answered only faith in jesus power and not faith in our good works can give us that which the lord has promised we are not to plead to god saying please do this for me because i did this for you but rather please do this for me out of your great mercy my reason for asking and what i feel that is mixing making me worthy is because i need it like the centurion we have to feel that nothing we do is enough reason for us to think ourselves worthy of any good thing from the lord reading from ministry of healing page 65 paragraph one it says the jewish elders had commended the centurion to christ because of the favor he had shown to our nation he is worthy they said for he had built us a synagogue that's in the book of luke 7 verse 3 it says and when he heard of jesus he sent as the centurion head of jesus he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servants. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this, for he loved our nation, and he had built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now Far, not Now, not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Amen. How can we come to a place where we feel this way, that after we have done so much activities and live the holy life, we still feel unworthy? this is a deep question frequently many of us feel like we deserve things from God because we have done this or that religious activity the centurion after building a synagogue single-handedly he built a synagogue for the Jews and also did not feel that that was enough reason why any Jewish teacher or man was to give him anything he didn't feel entitled The reason is because of a sense of the holiness of Jesus and also an understanding of our duty to our fellow men. We are unprofitable servants and are not to feel that after we have done that which is our duty, we are to receive payment or praise for for it or any gift from the Lord. Luke 17 from verse 7 says, But which of you, having a servant, ploughing or, feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, go and sit down to meat, and will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten, and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he think that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him, I trow not? So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants we have done that which was our duty to do amen but can we say this and yet our heart doesn't feel it yes we can it is not just for us to say with our lips oh i am unprofitable servant you must believe it you must know that when you have done the things that god has commanded you to do when he has said go ye therefore to all nations and preach baptizing in the name of father and son of holy ghost when you have done that do not think that you can present that to god as your worthiness to receive a blessing from him when you have even kept the law of god and you have lived a holy life do not present that to god and say no lord look at the life i have lived therefore do this for me Do not see yourself as worthy. This centurion did not see himself as worthy. Reading Councils on Health, page 307, paragraph 2, we are told, Those who labor wholeheartedly in the Lord's vineyard, working to the utmost of their ability, are not the ones to set the highest estimate on their own services. Instead of swelling with pride, and self-importance, and measuring with exactness every hour's work, they compare their efforts with the Saviour's work and account themselves on profitable servants, amen. Also Testimonies Volume 4, page 228, paragraph 2 says, Our good works alone will not save any of us, but we cannot be saved without good works. And after we have done all that we can do, in the name and strength of Jesus, we are to say." we are unprofitable servants we are not to think that we have made great sacrifices and that we should receive great reward for our feeble services end of quote did you see that with the centurion he didn't think that because he had made great sacrifices and had done service for the lord in building a synagogue for him And showing his love for the Jewish nation he didn't think that these things qualified him or made him worthy to receive promises from the Lord he still felt unworthy what have you felt that you have done for the Lord Maybe you've ministered for years. Some of us have not even built anything for the Lord. Many of us have served him with our sins. The things that he has given to us, we have used them for selfish gratification. Yet, just for one small matter or the other, or that we've done, we think that because of that, the Lord is supposed to bless us and we are entitled to his promises. No. No. Reading from Be Like Jesus, PGT, Paragraph 2, we are told, When we have done all that we can do, we are to count ourselves unprofitable servants. There is no room for pride in our efforts. For we are dependent every moment upon the grace of God. And we have nothing that we did not receive, says Jesus. Without me, ye can do nothing. End of quote. When we understand that we are completely dependent on Jesus for everything we do and all that we have, we will not feel like we are worthy of anything. Remember 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, For who made you better than your brother? Or what have you that has not been given to you? But if it has been given to you, what cause have you for pride, as if it has not been given to you? Amen! This knowledge will retain in us the spirit of the unprofitable servant. And with this mind always in us, we will be protected from the idea that our good works can be used as a plea to receive things from God. So then, what is it it that we can plead to the Lord as a reason why He should listen to us? What is the reason? We read in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 296, paragraph 6, it says, His heart Had been touched by the grace of Christ. He saw his own unworthiness, yet he feared not to ask help. He trusted not to his own goodness. His argument was his great need. His faith took hold upon Christ in his true character. He did not believe in him merely as a worker of miracles but as a friend. Now, end of quote. What was his argument? His argument was his great need. So when we go to the Lord, what can we plead to him as a reason why he should listen to us? Not your good works, not your sacrifices, however small they are, because they are never ever great. Can never when you compare them to Jesus, you realize that your sacrifices are very little. Pales in comparison to the ones that the lord has made so we can't present our sacrifices we can't present our good works we can't even present our lives that we think is pure because that life that you think is pure bring it before jesus and it pales in comparison it's like a filthy rag so then what is our argument as to why the lord should listen to us the reason we can plead to the lord and say lord please listen to me for this reason do you know what that reason is simple i need it i need it that's my reason i have this need I'm not asking you to give it to me because I did this or that, I'm asking because I am in need, that is my plea and we can also say I'm asking because you promised, not because I deserve it but because you said you would do it and also I am in need of it. So we must always remember. Don't say to the Lord, "I am worthy," by 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 thinking in your mind, even if you don't say it with your mouth, that you deserve something from the Lord because of one thing you've done or something you have not done. Go in now. It says. We realize that we must have this spirit of feeling unworthy or unprofitable. So having cleared the spirit of pride out of the way, we like the centurion are now in a position to exercise what Jesus called great faith. In exercising faith, great faith, we like the centurion can say, Neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Then we can plead for the powerful word of God to do the work. Matthew chapter 8 verse 10 says, When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. The second element of this great faith is found in the fact that the centurion believed that the spoken word of Jesus was enough to heal his servant. In order to have this faith, we must come to a place where we know what the Word of God can do and believe that this Word of God has power. We must then learn to act in accordance to that Word and believe that the Word is powerful enough to do exactly what it said it would do and not necessarily that that it's our own actions that bring about the results, but it's the Word of God. Let us look at two examples of a faith that trusts fully in God's word and not in our own abilities the first is the case of the impotent man at the pool of Bethesda in the book of John 5 verse 5 to 9 the account reads to us and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and eight years when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case he said unto him will thou be made whole the impotent man answered him sir I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming another stepeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Hmm. So how was this man able to walk? Did he trust in his own abilities? No, he had none to depend on. He depended on the word of God that told him to rise and walk. He made the attempt to walk in faith, believing both in the word by virtue of he who spoke. And I'll explain what that means. The word had power because of the person that spoke it. It was not the word of any man but the word of Jesus, he whose words have power to save. Just like this impotent man. We are crippled in sin and cannot walk in holiness. But if we trust in the word that commands us to walk, trusting the word and not our abilities, we will walk. The other example is that of Abraham. He and Sarah were old and had no ability to have children. They had no power in themselves to bear fruit. But how were they able to have a child called Isaac? The Bible says in the book of Romans 4, verse 18 to 22. Speaking of Abraham says, Who against hope, that's Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. Remember? Just take note of that. Why did he have hope? Because of what was spoken. So shall thy seed be. That was a spoken word. Abraham was told, you shall have seed through Sarah. That was the word that he depended on. Going on, verse 19, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. And I'll add, just like that important man considered not his legs that was incapable of walking. Abraham considered not his body that was now dead when he was about 100 years old, he neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. They were not dependent on their physical abilities all of them Abraham was not dependent on his body that was dead he was not dependent on Sarah's womb that was dead going on verse 20 says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to also to perform and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness amen do you see that in the case of Abraham it was not just saying i believe and then they did nothing no they had something to do they worked the works of faith they made an attempt but the attempt was not because they trusted in themselves the attempt was mixed with faith they attempted to have a child not because they depended in their own abilities but because god had spoken and they went in faith and they got the results now this is the kind of faith we are to have in order for us to keep the commandments of god and have the image of god restored in us all these people who jesus healed they were having their health restored to them and it's a symbol of us who wants the character of god restored in us but not one of them was able to have their health restored without them exercising faith in the spoken word of God. They first of all trusted that Jesus was able to do it and then they believed that He, when He speaks, can do the work for them. We must learn to have faith in the word of God. Hebrews 4 verse 1 and 2 says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Amen. We must learn to mix the hearing of the word of God with faith, for this is the only way it can be of benefit to us. What would be the result of an obedience of faith as opposed to that which is not of faith? When we read Maranatha page 224, paragraph 5, it says, everyone Yes, this is the result of listening to the word of god in faith and acting on it in faith here this is, he says everyone who by faith obeys god's commandments will reach the condition of sinlessness in which adam lived before his transgression end of quote amen can you imagine that to me There is no other reason god has created us than for us to be in his image and to be a glory to his name and that is what it means to live a sinless life how can we achieve it everyone who by faith not any other way but by faith obeys the commandments will reach the condition of sinlessness in which adam lived before his transgression do you see those two things faith and the commandments of god Revelation 14 verse 12 describes the saints as those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. A combination of faith and the commandments of God will bring us back to being what God wants us to be, saints of the Lord, in living in perfect harmony with His will, reflecting the image of Jesus fully. Now what are the promises of God which we can exercise faith on? all the bidings and commandments of god are enablings. they are all promises the ten commandments as we know it is both an instruction to us and a promise in those words are found power to do what god wants us to do he that says to you and me do not steal gives us power not to steal in that word do not steal where is the power you say it is embedded right there in the word itself if we receive it, not just as a mere instruction, but receive it as the powerful word of God in faith, we will see the result. Mix it with faith. Whatever our struggles, the word of God speaks power to us and gives us power to do what he says. Jude 24 says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Amen. Reading from Maranatha page 225 now, paragraph 2 to 4, it says, Christ was obedient to every requirement of the law. By his perfect obedience, he made it possible for every human being to obey God's commandments when we submit ourselves to christ the heart is united with his heart the will is merged in his will the mind becomes one with his mind the thoughts are brought into captivity to him we live his life this is what it means to be clothed with the garment of his righteousness then as the lord looks upon us he sees not the fig leaf garment not the nakedness and deformity of sin but his own robe of righteousness which is perfect obedience to the law of Jehovah. Through the plan of redemption, God has provided means for subduing every sinful trait and resisting every temptation however strong. Amen. We need not retain one sinful propensity. As we partake of the divine nature, hereditary and cultivated tendencies to wrong, are cut away from the character and we are made a living power for good ever learning of the divine teacher daily partaking of his nature we cooperate with god in overcoming satan's temptations god works and man works that man may be one with christ as christ is one with god then we sit together with christ in heavenly places the mind rests with peace and assurance in jesus amen End of quote this is what we can achieve by faith i am trying to help us to understand that what this centurion exercised called great called great faith is what we are to exercise for the restoration of our spiritual life what is it that you struggle with whatever bad habit, whatever defect in your character it can be overcome by faith And what do I mean by overcoming by faith? It can be overcome just the way that that impotent man who could not walk, got his ability to walk. Like him, we cannot walk in holiness and righteousness. We are falling into the sin of enmity, hatred, gossip, bitterness, envy, jealousy, lust revealing itself in various ways. Theft, covetousness, and we see ourselves glued to pleasures of sin, alcoholism, or any other pleasure of drugs, any one of it. The Lord is speaking to you today that you can walk like that impotent man if you exercise faith. And what does that mean? Read your Bible. The Lord has given you promises and the promise is in that 10 commandments some of us look at it as instructions and then we go our way to perform it no it is not in you to do what that commandment says but if you trust that word that said thou shall not commit adultery thou shall not steal and you present it to the lord and i do it sometimes i'll say lord your word has said that i should not steal or i should not commit adultery or i should not bear false witness or covet any one of it pick it and say lord this is what you said i cannot do it for of my own but your word is powerful like we saw in yesterday's devotion psalms 33 verse 6 and 9 by the word of the lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth he spoke and it was done he commanded and it stood fast isaiah 55 10 to 12 tells us that the word of god when it is spoken it will not come back to him void that word itself will accomplish what the Lord pleases. That word that Jesus spoke to that man is what healed the man. It was not any abracadabra. It was no magic. It was no sorcery. The man had to trust in the word by virtue of him who spoke. He heard it and he believed that he could walk not because he saw his legs healed, not because his legs were there with him or something. It was because he looked at the person that was speaking. And he believed that that person had power. And he believed that if that person had power and he speaks, then he can get his healing. So also with the centurion. He had heard, that's all. He had not seen Jesus ever. He only heard just like you have heard of Jesus. You've never seen him. The centurion too had never seen him. He had heard and it had inspired faith in him. Will you also be inspired with faith just as that centurion was inspired even though he had never seen Jesus? He only heard and believed and he knew that Jesus didn't need to see him face to face. He knew that all he needed was just the Lord to speak and his servants will be healed. Will you have that faith too? that just the spoken word of god can heal you of you of your diseases i mean your sinful spiritual disease your sin sick soul and mind the word of god can heal and i can say that i have experienced it that just by reading god's word i am inspired with faith that it is possible for me to overcome and i have overcome some things in my life that it only happened because of the inspiration just like that impotent man because of what he was hearing from the Lord he believes that it was possible, not because any human being was telling him, he believed it because of the person who was speaking, which is Jesus himself. So also I can say that I and many others have had that experience that just by reading God's word, we are inspired with faith, with the possibility that we can overcome. And then, because we are inspired, not because we feel that we can do it, not because you feel that you can do it, because many times you can make your attempts and you will not be able to make it. But then... When you understand that there is a power that can help you, you make the attempt this time, just like Abraham, he slept with his wife, not because he thought he could give birth to a child from her, but he made the attempt because Jesus had told him to do so. And he was not trusting in his his body, neither was he trusting in Sarah's body, so you also do not trust in yourself, but make the attempt this time in a different way because of he who spoke. Do you remember Peter? how he also did the same thing where he said nevertheless at thy word do it this time but nevertheless at the word of god you may have tried to quit your alcoholism your smoking your bad habits your your addictions by yourself and it hasn't been working try again but this time nevertheless at the word of god not because you see any power in you but because the lord has spoken and you exercise faith in his word ephesians verse 20 tells us now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us amen remember matthew 1 verse 21 tells us that jesus is he that will save us from our sins we can exercise faith in him for that purpose jesus said in book of mark 11 verse 22 to 34 Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Reading from Ministry of Healing, page 65, paragraph 2, downward, we are told. In the same way, every human being can come to Christ, not but by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Titus chapter three verse five. Do you feel that because you are a sinner, you cannot hope to receive blessing from God? Remember that Christ came into the world to save sinners. We have nothing to recommend us to God. The plea that we may urge now and ever is our utterly helpless condition which makes his redeeming power a necessity, renouncing all self-dependence, we may look to the cross of Calvary and say, in my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. If thou believest, all things are possible to him that believeth. Mark 9 verse 23. It is faith that connects us with heaven and brings us strength for coping with the powers of darkness. In Christ, God has provided means for subduing every evil trait and resisting every temptation however strong. But many feel that they lack faith and therefore they remain away from Christ. Let these souls in their helpless unworthiness cast themselves upon the mercy of their compassionate Savior. Look not to self but to Christ he who healed the sick and cast out demons when he walked among men is the same mighty redeemer then grasp his promises as leaves from the tree of life him that cometh to me i will in no wise cast out john 6:37. as you come to him believe that he accepts you because he has promised you can never perish while you do this never god commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us romans 5 8 and if god be for us who can be against us he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things romans 8 verse 31 and 32 i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord romans 8 verse 38 and 39 end of quote amen brothers and sisters be inspired with faith do not trust to your own abilities do not trust to your services and your sacrifices as a reason why the Lord should listen to you. Let us learn to exercise this faith that trusts in the Word of God and then do what the Word of God said you should do, not thinking that that act itself is what will give you the victory. So Let me get practical. So The Word of God has said that evil communication corrupts good manners and I am told that I should place no evil thing before my eyes and I struggle with a particular sin. Now, it is possible that I would say even if I place no evil thing before my eyes, yet it is still inside me, I still have these desires. Well you know what, do what the word of God has said you should do like Peter, lay down your net. By faith do it, not because you are thinking that that thing itself is going to give you the victory, but believe that when you have done what the Lord said you should do, he will give you the victory, not that act itself giving you the victory, but he himself will do it because you have exercised faith it is now left for us to go and study the word of God and find out what he has asked us to do Abraham knew what the Lord asked him to do and he did it but he did it not trusting in the act itself but trusting in the Lord so we too need to know what has the Lord said I should do are the, the steps to overcome did he say I should avoid this and avoid that and do this and do that maybe yeah, I should change my diet change my friends I should change my entertainment and stop doing things that would. Foster such evil habits in me do them and when you have done them do not think that those acts themselves will save you trust in the lord who has told you to do it that after you have done what he has told you to do he will give you the victory not the act itself will give you the victory and that is what it means to mix the word of god with faith and if we do this we shall never fall May the Lord help us and give us the victory to come back to that state of sinlessness that Adam had before the fall. Let us pray. Thank you dear Father for the provision of this shield of faith which we are to have above all others. Teach us Lord to exercise faith. Help us, Lord, to stop trusting in our own good works or our abilities or our sacrifices or our services or our holiness, which actually is not even there. But Lord, help us to learn this great lesson of exercising faith and give us the victory over our own habits and sins and over the world in general. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers in Jesus' name of bread. Amen. Amen.
1: an aged man got spoke Words that sounded like a joke Soon his wife would bear a child A saying hard to reconcile So we ask can this thing be Can a nation spring from me With a body gone so in a word this man was told you Like the nation a prisoner's empty night, to a blind man's quest for sight, to a mother's boy.